Time for some more offseason rankings, this time lefty pitching prospects in the minors. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. So as we've been doing this offseason, going through all of the different positions and trying to get the definitive winter 2023 ranking of the top pitching or the top prospects at each position, looking at lefty pitchers today. And the first group of guys we're going to be talking about are guys that uh, the stuff is why they are listed so highly. The stuff is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Kyle Harrison of the San Francisco Giants, is the number one lefty pitching prospect in baseball to me. And if you look at what he's been able to do, so 2023rd rounder out of high school. And this season, it's not so much the stats as it is the stuff and the potential of it, right? So starts off in AAA, 20 starts in AAA, one and three with a 4.66 ERA, 65 and two thirds innings. 105 strikeouts, an absurd 14.4 strikeouts per nine innings, 248 walks, absurd 6.6 walks per nine innings, and 10 home runs, 1.4 per nine. Has a hamstring issue, has to miss the Futures game, does get up to MLB a little bit later. Seven games in Major League Baseball last year for Kyle Harrison, one and one with a 4.15 ERA, so very similar to the minor league results, right? 34 and two-thirds innings, 35 strikeouts, a little more normal 9.1 strikeouts per nine innings, to 11 walks, a little more normal 2.9 walks per nine innings, and eight home runs allowed, so 2.1 per nine, a little bit high there. But uh, the stuff that Kyle Harrison showed to me was really good, and I love now that we have some data, publicly accessible data, on everything that he did. It's a three-pitch mix that I think could all honestly be plus pitches, right? So the fastball, 94 to 95, he can rear back and get 98 or so if he needs it. And what I love about it is when you look at the lower release point, he ends up having a very shallow vertical approach angle. Think of vertical approach angle as the opposite of launch angle. If launch angle is the angle that the ball leaves the bat from, VAA is the angle the ball comes into the plate from. The pitchers are throwing off of an elevated mound, so if they threw it exactly flat with no no, zero approach angle, it would go over the catcher's head. So most pitches, almost all pitches, will come in with some sort of negative angle from the mound, but the the shallower the angle is, the closer to zero you can get it, the more effective the pitch is going to be up in the zone because the flight is, looks like it's more flat, obviously. So sometimes a little bit shorter pitchers, 
Spencer Stride is, I think, a great example of this. He's just six foot tall. Guys who have lower release points, like Kyle Harrison, another example of guys that are able to get good life up in the zone from spin rates, a lower release point, and in, in essentially a low vertical approach angle. In Kyle Harrison's case, minus four degrees is the vertical approach angle. And you combine that with 13 inches of arm side run, and it's a very good fastball. To go along with it, he's got a slider with two-plane break. It's about 10 inches horizontal and about 45 vertical. So it'll if you're if he's facing a righty, it'll dive in at their feet. If he's facing a lefty, it'll dive down and away. Uh, the changeup is I don't a pitch I don't think he throws enough, right? It has it has fade. So the difference in fade and run is horizontal arm side movement. Fade is horizontal arm side movement and drop. Because the changeup's coming in softer than the fastball. It it will drop more because of gravity. So that's fade versus run. It has about 18 inches of horizontal movement and then some vertical drop to it. And if you think here, you've got fastball up, you've got changeup that ideally you want to run in and down a little bit, and then you've got slider down and away. Again, only through the changeup 13% of the time. I think he should throw it more, probably a, a coaching point they're going to work on. But either way, it's a great combination of pitches, really what it does. That's why we have him number one. Number two on the list is another guy who dealt with some minor injury last year. I say minor, it was a scary injury for a while. We didn't see him until June, but Noah Schultz of the Chicago White Sox. 2022 first rounder out of high school and an absolutely just absurd physical machine there. 6'9", 220, so incredibly tall, right? And when we talk sometimes about the White Sox, being willing to take on extra risk in the draft to get potential talent. Noah Schultz is is an example of what we're talking about. There's not been very many pitchers his size able to make it work at the major league level and had a flexor strain. So again, didn't debut until June, got 10 starts all in single leg with the Kannapolis Cannonballers. Some of y'all have seen that hat. I've got one from them. Thank you, Kannapolis. One and two with a 1-3-3 ERA in 27 innings. 38 strikeouts, so 12.7 per nine, to six walks. Two walks per nine and gave up three home runs. It wasn't until his seventh start that he gave up an, a run. Absurd kind of stat line for Noah Schultz. The pitches that he throws, three pitches, again, like Kyle Harrison, fastball slider change. It feels like a lot of lefties throw changeups because if you think about the type of batter, uh, the normally facing righties like they do, that's a pitch that's going to move away from a righty. So you'll see a lot of changeups on this list, a lot of changeups from lefty pitchers compared to righties, right? But the fastball sits mid 90s, can run it up to 99. It's got some good arm side run on it. Not public numbers. I don't have the info on it, but it it looks good on video. It looks good in in person. Looks a lot of good arm side run to it. The slider uh, sits around 80, 81. 
He's comfortable throwing it to both lefties and righties. I've seen him throw it down and away to a lefty. I've seen him throw it in at the foot of a righty and get them to swing. I saw one guy swing and miss on a pitch that hit him, which is just hilarious to watch. And then the changeup has fade, but it's like late movement. It's not something that just continuously moves. It stays in the same tunnel for a while and then late has some fade to it to take it away from a barrel. Uh, I noticed he likes to throw it up in the zone, which is not something I feel like I've seen a lot of changeups thrown up. That just may be anecdotal, but it, feel, it feels like in some of the film that I've watched, he doesn't use it a ton, but when he does, it feels like it's something he doesn't mind taking up and throwing up and away to a righty. Just really interesting how he's used it. But the big thing here for Noah Schultz and for Kyle Harrison to an extent, that was I think that was a little bit more isolated thing, but is health, right? They both miss time because of injury. So keeping them healthy will be a big, or 2024 will be a big deal. In just a minute, we've got two more pitchers. We'll talk about them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app's incredibly easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Okay, so looking at once you get past Kyle Harrison and some of these other lefties that are really prominent, Robbie Snelling's performance and everything that he's been able to do, if you really, he probably should be the number two in this list. 2022 first rounder out of high school. 22 games started between single A, high A, and double A. 11 and 3 with a 182 ERA in 103 and two thirds innings. 118 strikeouts, so 10.2 per nine to 34 walks, three walks per nine, and only four home runs allowed, so 0.3 per nine innings. Robbie Snelling, it, it's if I could redo this list, I'm pro. It's it's really close between him and Noah Schultz for number two behind Kyle Harrison. I think ultimately Noah Schultz probably has a higher ceiling, but the floor is significantly lower. I really like Robbie Snelling. I think he's probably a number two, whereas I think Noah Schultz, if everything panned out, could be one of those number one type pitchers. It's just so rare to get one of those guys that I'm hesitant to go ahead and and say he's going to be a number one. But I think the ceiling is there. The floor is much lower, though, for Noah Schultz compared to Robbie Snelling. And the thing that you saw, he got a full season in. He was in high school. He was playing both baseball and football. So he never really focused on just baseball until he got into the minor leagues. He's added more fastball velocity, and you saw it get better through the season. After he got drafted, he was sitting low 90s. Early in the year, he was sitting low 90s. And now it's 
93, 94, so low to mid-90s. He can run it up, get to about 96. Again, plays really well up in the zone. Lots of swing and miss up in the zone. So you feel good about that. Has a curveball that uh, sits in the low 80s. It's a little bit more inconsistent. So sometimes it ends up looking more like a slider than a curveball. But it does have two-plane break. And the thing that I noticed, he's comfortable either landing it for a strike. And hopefully, I'm getting you to swing and miss or getting you to chase it out of the zone. So he can manipulate the landing point where he's going to where he's going to finish with it and he can reliably do both, right? Uh when he throws it to a righty, it's more of a back foot slider or a back foot curveball, so it's a little bit deeper than maybe a Noah Schultz's slider or something like that. Uh but it's an effective weapon against both. The changeup I think needs a little bit more work and it's probably the other justification to having him three behind Noah Schultz right now is the velocity separation between the fastball and the changeup. I don't feel is good enough for Robbie Snelling. If if I had to give the grade the pitch a grade right now, I'd say it's probably just below average. It's fringe 45 or so. Whereas the guys ahead of him, Noah Schultz, his changeups at least average, if not above average, and the fastball's better as well. So again, that's why Noah Schultz is ahead of Robbie Snelling, but I, the results speak for themselves. Just on pure stuff, you wouldn't think Robbie Snelling would be the third best lefty pitching prospect, but the stuff and the results, what he's able to do with it, shows you that there's obviously a little bit that we're still not capturing here. He doesn't give up a ton of walks. He doesn't allow a lot of hard contact. And so sometimes this stuff is just better than it looks on paper, right? You have things, if you have great extension and low release point, you can oftentimes end up getting a better perceived velocity than actual velocity. There's a lot of different reasons why these pitches might play up versus what they look like on paper. But again, they're not bad on paper. The velocity increase has helped. And like I said, I could see the ceiling of Robbie Snelling as something like a number two, right? And I think that he would have to, you'd have to see much, like much more consistency from the changeup and even the shape of the curveball. And then if the velocity takes a leap and gets where he's consistently able to be in the mid 90s, 95, 96 or so, and run it up to say 98. Then you're looking at maybe a starting pitcher, maybe an ace, a front of the rotation type guy. Ricky Tiedemann of the Toronto Blue Jays is a guy that's having a moment right now because of what he did in the Arizona Fall League. A guy that's dealt with plenty of injury, right? And because of that, you haven't really seen him do a lot in professional baseball as far as depth in his outings and consistency on the mound. I mean, in spring, he had a shoulder injury. In the summer, he had a biceps issue. And so because of it, they've tried to be a little cautious with him, right? He wasn't, this season, he wasn't going very deep into games, wasn't racking up a ton of innings. So teen minor league starts this year, bunch of different levels because he was rehabbing and coming back and all of that. 
but 0-5 with a 3-6-8 ERA and 44 innings pitched. 82 strikeouts, 16.8 per nine. Again, a little bit skewed because he did pitch in rookie ball. He did pitch in single A. He pitched in double A. He pitched in triple A. Most of his time was in double A. But 82 strikeouts, 16.8 per nine for Ricky Tiedemann. 23 walks, 4.7 per nine. Grand total of one home run allowed, 0.2 home runs per nine innings. Goes to the Arizona Fall League, and that's where you saw he started to do, he started to go five innings. He was throwing 75 pitches or more. And so you started to see where they trusted his health a little bit more, let him go a little bit deeper into games. He goes two and one in the AFL in four starts, 18 total innings, 2.50 ERA, 23 strikeouts, 11.5 per nine, eight walks, so four walks per nine innings, one home run allowed, so 0.5. Another guy that very good fastball, in this case, it's fastball changeup sweeper, is the Arsenal. Fastball sits mid 90s. I've seen him run it up to 98 or 99, but that was in shorter, shorter kind of stints. Very low vertical approach angle comes from a very low release height, but doesn't quite have as much induced vertical break as some of the other guys on this list. Still decent, but average. Nothing extraordinary there. Does get over a foot of arm side run though. So harder to hit, harder to square up. Plenty of swings and misses in the zone. The changeup does a very good job of matching arm speeds. And then it gets 20 inches of fade. So again, fade is arm side run when you also have drop. So it moves more than that fastball does. And it drops vertically. Sits mid to low 80s. I like the velocity separation. It's usually a little bit over 10. It's usually 12 or so. 10 to 12 inches. 10 to 12 miles an hour of difference there. The slider is a sweeper, sits in the late 80s, or sits in the low 80s, um, gets, I want to say it's around, I believe I was reading 19 to 20, 21 inches of movement. And obviously this is moving the other direction. It's moving in on a righty. The thing you have to be concerned about is your changeup has to be consistent because sweepers have the biggest platoon splits of any single pitch. And if you think about it, it's because of how you use a sweeper. A lot of pitchers will use a sweeper as a chase pitch, right? It looks like it's going to be on the inner half of the plate and it's going to end up in the opposite batter's box. But by the time it starts moving, you've already committed to swinging. When you're facing an opposite handed batter, that pitch is going to break in on them. And so it's a lot harder to get chase. What you have to do is you have to have better location and you have to be able to either consistently land it on the outside corner. So you start it in the opposite batter's box and bring it back over the plate, or you have to be able to start it just off the plate as a ball and bring it in on their hands without hitting them. So because of all of that, you have to have a consistent changeup to give you a reliable weapon that moves away from them. So a little bit of a trickier thing there, but very good stuff from Ricky Tiedemann. We have him number four for a reason. In just a minute, 
I was having some trouble picking a number five. So I'm going to run a couple options by you and I want your input. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Welcome back to Locked on MLB Prospects. Final segment of our top lefty pitchers in minor league baseball. And three options here for the number five spot. We've got Carson Wisenhunt of the San Francisco Giants. Anthony Solomedo of the Pittsburgh Pirates and Robert Gasser of the Milwaukee Brewers. So let's, let's take these guys in order that I just named. And this is not my order. It's just an order. Carson Wisenhunt of the Giants, 2022 second rounder out of Eastern Carolina University. He lost his entire draft year to a, to a substance suspension. I believe he was, it was, I don't remember exactly what it was, if it was a, a band, like some sort of banned substance, a performance enhancer or a recreational. I don't remember what it was, but either way, pitched a little bit in independent ball, still got drafted in the, uh, in the second round and uh, went to the Arizona Fall League after the year to try to catch up on innings. Last year, 16 games ended the season in double A, but season ended in July with an elbow strain. He's supposed to be fine and back for spring training next year. But for Carson Wisenhunt, in those 16 starts, one and one with a 2-4-5 ERA in 58 and two-thirds innings. 83 strikeouts, 12.7 per nine, to 23 walks, 3.5 per nine, three home runs allowed, so 0.5. The thing here for Carson Wisenhunt is the changeup is absolutely phenomenal, right? That is the big selling point here. It is, I've heard it called one of the better, if not the best, lefty changeup in the entire minors. Sits right around 80 miles an hour. Uh, if you've ever heard, it gets about 17 inches of fade. Just misses every single bat that comes at it. He can locate it just about wherever he wants. So he gets plenty of strikes with it, both swing and miss and called strikes. Very good changeup. To go along with that, he's got a fastball that isn't always consistent velocity-wise. It has good right up in the zone, but sometimes it comes in low 90s, sometimes it comes in the mid 90s. And it's a lower slot from the left-hand side, hard to pick up. So obviously it's interesting having it come out lower, a little bit lower release point. And he primarily uses these two pitches, okay? He does have a curve, not incredibly consistent, right? And so it's hard. It's something where I don't know what the overall ceiling is without the curveball being more consistent. It feels like he can't always land it for a strike. It's not always the same pitch from outing to outing. And so more consistency both in the location and in just the shape of it would be nice. But... The results are pretty good. I'm curious to see what he does with a longer exposure in double A. Anthony Solometto of the Pittsburgh Pirates, another guy we're looking at for this potential fifth spot. 2021 second rounder. They saved money with Henry Davis to get him over slot in the second round out of high school. Got 24 starts last year between high A and double A. Four and seven with a 3-2-6 ERA, 110 in the third innings, 118 strikeouts, so 9.6 per nine, to 39 walks, 3.2 per nine, and eight home runs allowed, so 0.7 per nine innings. 
has about four different pitches that he will throw. And he got better throughout the year. His command got better. His strike rate got better as he started narrowing down which ones he wanted to throw in which situations. He throws both a two-seam and a four-seam fastball. I think the two-seamer is better than the four-seamer. They're both hard to pick up. He has He's 6'5", really long arms, and he hides the ball in the body really well until it comes out of the hand. So it's just hard to pick up out of his hand. The deception's there, right? They both sit in the low 90s. He has a slider that's, it's not a pure sweeper, but it's sweeper-ish. It's closer to a sweeper than it is to anything else. And really hard for a lefty to see, again, to see it well out of the hand. And again, it's that lower release point with a pitch that's going away from you as you're a lefty. And then to go along with that, he's got a change up, sits in the low 80s. Uh, it's probably, if you count the four-seamer and two-seamer as distinct pitches, the changeup's the fourth best out of the four. Uh, and so it's, a, it's an interesting combination of stuff. Again, I think the two-seamer being his best version of the fastball means that the changeup doesn't have to be as good because you still have something that reliably moves away from a right-handed hitter, but I wouldn't mind seeing something that was more of a vertical pitch, right? You obviously have some drop on the changeup, but if you have a horizontal breaking slider that goes one way, the four-seamer can probably stay up in the zone for the most part. You have a two-seamer that runs the other way. You don't really have anything other than the changeup that goes down. And the changeup is mostly running arm side with some drop. I'd love to see something that was a more of a, I'm not going to say a traditional curveball because it's hard to come out of a closer to sidearm slot and have a traditional curveball, but just something that was more vertical drop than anything else. If that's possible from that arm slot, just to give him a variety of looks. The third candidate for this Robert Gasser of the Milwaukee Brewers, 2021 second rounder out of the University of Houston by the Padres. He was one of the big pieces of the Josh Hader deal going back to Milwaukee. 26 appearances, 25 of those were starts, all in AAA Nashville last year. 9-1 with a 3.79 ERA, 135 and a third innings, 166 strikeouts, so 11 strikeouts per nine. For Robert Gasser, 50 walks, 3.3 per nine, and 12 home runs allowed. So 0.8 per nine innings for Bob Gass. And we make the joke, we call him Bob Gass because it's a fun nickname. He's not throwing incredibly hard, right? It's his forcing fastball sits 92, 93, 94, like in that range. But he just, I call guys like this a kitchen sink guy. Because he throws a lot of pitches. He throws six distinct pitches. He throws a four-seamer. He throws a two-seamer. He throws a cutter. He throws a changeup. He throws a slider. He throws a curveball. So he has six pitches that he will throw. And the cool thing is, he'll throw almost any of them in any situation. So that's what makes him effective, is all of the pitches are at least okay. And he can throw all of them in just about any situation, and he can command them well enough. It doesn't have the highest ceiling, but it has a pretty high floor. The two-seamer, I like the two-seamer more so than the four-seamer. The two-seamer 
Again, same velocity, 92 to 94, but it's got like 16 inches of hor- of of horizontal movement back to the arm side. Throws a uh, he has a cutter that was I think his second most used pitch in 2023. So it's going to give you similar movement, but to the glove side. And then the the changeup. I don't think the changeup is really that fantastic from a velocity perspective or a movement perspective from the fastballs. Now, again, if you have a really good two-seamer, you can get away with not having as good of a changeup. So you've got that. The slider gets a foot and a half a break, right? It's a sweeper. He can throw it to both lefties and righties. He's comfortable with it. He can command it well enough for that. And then he has a curveball that has more vertical movement than the sweeper does. And it's upper 70s, whereas the sweeper's low 80s. So a lot of different options there. It feels like Milwaukee's going to be able to keep have him in the rotation this year, especially now that Brandon Woodruff's gone, especially if Corbin Burns gets traded. So I'm excited to see what Bob Gass does at the major league level. Uh, let me know which of those three guys feels should be the number five lefty pitching prospect in the minors. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Uh, we have email, Discord, subtext, all in the episode description, all in the show notes. And while you're there, we also have a podcast survey that I'm doing. Not Locked On. I wrote this. Just wanted to get some input on how we should do the show in 2024. What you like, what you don't like, what we can add, what we can change. So check that out as well. Until next time, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.